All right, ready? Yes. <clears throat> That's where the music goes. That's where the music. <laughs> That's Chappy. That's Chappy. <laughs> I forgot to take off the fedora. Oh my god! <laughs> that made that whole that picture made me feel a lot better about myself. What, the, I forgot like, to take off the fedora. Yeah, cause like, did you see this? No, I didn't see this. Did you see the the guy? There's a guy who does YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I did uh, see this with the who, Gears of War shirt. With the Gears of War shirt and like the giant picture of Milo, like yep. autographed, yep, yep, yep. and like he's wearing a fedora and he's making all these videos about SJWs or whatever. Mm. And he like changed. He changed his major in this college yep. from like game development to journalism just to get back at the sjws or whatever he's gonna yeah. fight the social justice warriors he will so, defeat them look i'm not doing so hot right now but at least i'm not that guy right so <laughs> Keep i'm doing to have okay. things in perspective everyone and welcome to fireside friends this is episode eight i'm ryan Prasad, and with me are my co-host alan ibrahim hi everyone and katie marie howdy we're here to talk about games music wait when do we don't talk about music we're here to talk about games movies tv whatever that we've experienced within the past couple weeks uh and then in segment two we're going to be talking about emily as a way but that's later uh, right now, we need to get down to business. Uh, so, Katie, you were not here last time. I was not. We, we had Jackson here. It was great. We talked about a lot of stuff. A lot of, like, you know, surprisingly a lot of issues and stuff, like societal stuff. And uh, of the most importance uh, is a topic that I want to get your perspective on. Because, you know, it would be nice to get, you know, the demigirl native perspective on this issue so um katie would you mind telling me what your favorite fish is oh my gosh sorry not your favorite the best what is the best there's a difference what is the best fish (laughs) well at first when i heard this question i was gonna say tuna fish because Mm -hmm. you know they're pretty they're pretty cool they go really fast and stuff and they're my favorite thing to be eating on sushi but actually, mm-hmm. my favorite fish is like a sea slug that looks like a bunny because it's really cute. All right, great. <laughs> I'm glad we got that, you know, covered. You know, the first like couple minutes of the show, we get that out of the way. Really pressing matters. Uh, how's everybody doing? It's been a couple weeks since we were all like in the same chat room. So, it's been a whirlwind two weeks for sure. Yeah, but um. I personally, the day after the last time we recorded, I graduated from college. So, oh boy, <laughs> yeah, I mean, congratulations! That point 
Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it is now, now. You're free, right? You're free, right. of everything. Yeah. There's nothing of capitalism. Left. You could just stop. You could just go to sleep forever. Your work is done, right? That's ac- that's absolutely right. The minute you get that diploma, you just <laughs> shut down and you go into a higher. Nothing else matters. State. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you. That's why I assume. Yeah, you're. Right. That's absolutely right. Yeah, especially for somebody who's do who did pre med because that's like you know uh-huh. pre med. That means you're done. And now I'm just. That med. means you're done. You don't have anything <laughs> else to do. Yeah, no, no outstanding med. loans, no postgraduate studies, no work to look for. No, mm-hmm. no like anxiety about my own existence. No, it's <laughs> everything's good. I got a I got a piece of paper that has my name on it. Huh. Um. No. Yeah. It's. I, it is legitimately. A little scary but you kind of get over it you're like oh now it's just the summers where i try to be productive except that's the re- that's like the next year or so of my life as i reapply to uh yeah. further studies um and i have friends that are done with college that are really entering into the like i don't know what to do with myself phase but i guess i'm fortunate <laughs> enough yeah. to be like yeah, yeah i got more school coming up um other than that i haven't been doing much just lots of like reading and looking for work and playing video games occasionally Cool. Katie, I wasn't lying last time when I said you were moving to another location. That wasn't an allegory for your death. Uh, <laughs> so how was, how was moving? How did um, that go? It was great. I have my own apartment now or tent as it may be. But um, it's really <laughs> cool. Uh, like it's super nice, really private. Everything is like really high quality. Um, mm-hmm. The bugs don't get in. And <laughs> I don't know. I have these cute plants um that i am growing myself and i've been baking and all kinds of stuff that i haven't been able to do in my other house because there's i feel like a lot less pressured here to do things that i don't want to do it's just super nice i can clean and and the anxiety is like not nearly where it was so it's awesome right i'm happy to be here that's awesome. Super excited for you. Uh, I guess I'll sh- overshare too. Please do. I finished my second year of college. Yay! Uh, and I'm back home, and I'm recording this at home, which is different because I usually record at my apartment, uh, except for that Pokemon one. I recorded that at home too, but that was because I was on break. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's I need to start looking for jobs, but I like I'm also trying to manage anxiety and stuff. And I'm seeking help for that stuff, even though it's <laughs> spoilers. It's really hard to get a hold of a psychiatrist. Uh, for sure, yeah. So I'm I'm in the exact trying... same boat actually right now. So yeah, I feel that. Yeah, so trying to do that, but I've also like done a lot of stuff. Or by done, I mean like watch movies and play video games. But like a lot of stuff that I meant that I've been meaning to do that I just haven't done during the semester, and that's fun. But, um, yeah, I will talk about my stuff later. Katie, since you weren't here last time, you can go first and talk about talk about all the anime. Exciting. Okay, I am actually going to talk about all the anime. (sighs) I'm really excited to talk about these two. Um, so the first one I want to talk about is Hibike Euphonium or Sound Euphonium. Um, and this aired back in April of 2015, so about a year ago. Um, and it's by... Once again, my favorite studio, KyoAni, and I lovingly refer to it as concert band lesbians. Uh, just like a brief overview of the plot before I like get into specific things. Um, the main character, her name is Oh My Kumiko. Um, she's been a euphonium player for several years, 
um, which is a brass instrument. Um, but she swears off music um, after an incident at her regional brass band competition in middle school. So now she's in high school and she makes these two new friends, um, Kawashima Sapphire and Kato Hazuki. Um, and they're both very interested in joining the concert band. And so they help Kumiko find that same motivation. Um, so they all join the concert band, except for it is absolutely awful. The band is terrible. Everybody sucks. It sounds like trash. Um, and yeah. So basically what happens when you start a band. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they all vote like their new teachers like, hey, um, what do you guys want to do for your goal this year? Do you want to make it to nationals or do you just want to have fun and make memories? And they're like, we want to make it to nationals. And so it's like, ooh, you got a long way to go. <laughs> so that's just the basis of the show. I mean, but those aren't mutually exclusive things. Right, right, exactly. But, it, you know, the practices would have been more rigorous and he would have been like, you need to improve, sure. you need to improve, instead of just being like, mm-hmm. let's just have fun. So, mm-hmm. That's that's the thing. Wait, so is it like super dramatic band practice? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> that sounds great. It is. Um so back to like, you know, Kumiko's personal life. Um at the incident in middle school, her band like they got gold, but they weren't selected to move on to the national competition, which is what they considered dud gold. And she was like, oh, "I didn't expect the win anyway." But um, the girl she was sitting next to, Kosaka Reina, um, was, like, in tears. And she was like, how could you say something so terrible? How could you say we weren't going to make it and stuff like that? Um, and she is a trumpet player, and she's very accomplished and very amazing. So everyone was like, oh, she's going to go to the music high school. Well, she actually ends up going to the high school that Kumiko goes to. And she's like, oh, my gosh, this is so awkward. Like, she is going to hate me for what I said, and I can't talk to her, and I can't apologize because I think I'm right and all stuff. But they actually end up being, like, love interests. Um, And this is why I really like this show. Um, Even though I'm, like, kind of on the fence on whether or not it's, like, queer baiting versus, like, actually lesbians. Um, Because from my perspective, there's no, like, completed romance because they don't kiss they don't call each other girlfriends, but at the same time, there's very intimate scenes like where they have like this physical closeness, like Reina specifically tells her like, this is a declaration of love. Like, I love you for these reasons and stuff like that. And, you know, like Kumiko, <laughs> they climb a mountain together and Reina's like, uh, you know, I don't ha- hate pain because her shoes were like scraping her heels. And Kumiko goes, hi, that's kind of hot. So, you know, they have well, that dialogue. Well, let me dialogue. tell you that I think that they're probably really, really good friends. Yeah, just gals being pals. <laughs> mm-hmm. Friendship goals. Um, But yeah, they they go on a date at a summer festival. They hold hands. Um, They constantly, like, they compliment each other, call each other cute. And they pay each other, like, special attention. And there's this sort of, like, us versus the world Um dialogue between them and um in the ending scenes actually like with the ending song playing in the credits they have the red string of fate tied to each other's pinkies which means that they're soulmates Mm -hmm. they're meant to be together um so that imagery is amazing and back at it again with the color palettes 
Um, <laughs> this show has like really rich and deep, like earthy colors, um, but they have almost neon accents because like the eyes and stuff like that, they'll have a color that d- has nothing to do with the rest of their eye as like a little fleck. And it'll be like some like somebody will have green eyes with purple flecks in them or like brown eyes with pink, um, that sort of thing. So it's really interesting how they play with accent colors while having like deep, you know, rich colors. It's super nice to look at um, and it's very calming. And the show as a whole is really engaging because I serial watched the show and didn't realize I was at the last episode until it showed the card that said final episode. And I was like, how? How did this happen? Um, It's really cute. There's not much fan service. It's super inspirational because of how hard they work and how much they achieve. And it's just classic KyoAni, exceptional anime. Um, Mm -hmm. But again, I really like um, like LGBT. uh, What's the word? representation so the fact that like even if it i don't know if it's considered queer baiting or not though because like specifically because of like the red string of fate um imagery that they have in the ending because Mm -hmm. that's just basically straight out saying these two are soulmates they're meant to be together in a romantic way um Mm -hmm. even though they never like kiss or call each other girlfriends in the show i don't know it's nice because like the imagery is so like overt because like their faces are basically touching each other at one point and like you know one girl puts her finger on the other girl's lips and stuff like that it's like nice a plus so Mm -hmm. yeah all right cool uh is there anything else uh yes the second anime um it's called cabaneri of the iron fortress and i lovingly refer to it as attack on titan on trains um (laughs) and it essentially is. Um, it's by the same studio, which is Wit Studio, and it has the same director, who is Tetsuro Araki, and it's ongoing, and it started coming out in April of this year. Now, this show is also really interesting to me because, again, of aesthetic. It has this really... How do I describe it? It's a really interesting blend of 80s anime and modern anime. Um, because like while it's higher quality, um, you know, there's like different face shapes and eye shapes that are associated with like art movements in anime. And this one is very mm-hmm. reminiscent of what happened in the eighties. Um yeah. so the face shapes, the eye shapes, and the way they shade the hair is like eighties aesthetic all over the place. But they have really high quality, like modern background visuals and special effects. So the blend of visuals is something that like initially drew me to the show when I was first watching it. And I think it only has like five or six episodes out right now. So it's not too developed. It's still going on. Um, I checked. It has five. Oh, thank you, Alan. No problem. Um, but yeah, so this show, uh, also I appreciate for being really feminist, but background, um, it's, this world is taking place during the Industrial Revolution. Um, all the cities and towns are on railroad tracks, basically, like, off to the side of them. And they are, like, defended, and they have all these protection protocols because the Kabane, 
which we would consider like zombies, have taken over everything and they're everywhere, killing people. So this show Uh-oh. is pretty gory and bloody. Mm. Um, the problem is like the Kabane are super hard to kill because they have these glowing hearts protected by like cases of iron. Um, so the main character, um, his name is Ikoma, and he tries to build a piercing gun to fight the zombies with. Um, but as soon as he's like finished, uh, the this train comes barreling into his train station, uh, and it's overtaken by the Kabane, and then it crashes everywhere, and the town gets overrun, and people start dying. So he's like, well, hey, Kabane are here, at least I can just, you know, test my weapon, like any reasonable person would think. Um, so he tests out his weapon, and he succeeds. It kills the Kabane because it pierces their heart. Um, but he gets infected, so he he's, like, trying to stop it from reaching his brain, and he does successfully, but he's, like, now this half-dead, half-cabernet, half-human, like, hybrid, which is later referred to as Cabaneri, haha, in the title. <laughs> um, so he tries to help everybody who's fleeing the city, and they're really hostile towards him, um, but he's like, hey, I'm trying to help y'all. Please. So that that's that's decent background information. Um and now I was very, very impressed with this show because so far, no fan service. Um and I think the most like striking thing for me was um there's a girl who is an an apprentice engineer for like driving the train and stuff like that. But because the town got overrun and the train was overrun, she's like, Hey, I can run the train since there's nobody else. And so she's like, all right, kick up the steam and, you know, like getting ready. And she takes off her jacket. And I was like, here come the anime boobies. Like, this is going to be a fan service thing right here. But it wasn't. Guess what it was? Muscle shots. She has on, like, this really modest, like, sports bra and stuff like that. And all of the angles are just showing off how ripped she is. Oh, word? I know. Nice. So she just like kicks into action and like owns this train and they go and it is like, (laughs) oh my gosh, what, like, what is this? The power, the like, please, please punch me, you know, like that kind of thing. (laughs) I, and, and basically everybody is like that. Um, one of the main side characters, I guess her name is Mume. Um, she's also a commentary. Um, and she is, like, the, she is so strong, like, combat expertise and whatever. Um, and she protects everyone kind of thing. <sighs> what I'm worried about, though, is there's this trope where the obviously stronger side character female tends to be overtaken by the incompetent male main character and saves the, and he saves the day despite being so incapable I'm scared of that happening to, like, Mume and stuff like that. So I'm really hoping that's not where the show will go. But it's it's shown promise um, so far with, like, how it treats female characters. Um, it, so, like, right now a female character is leading the colony. A female character is the one who drives the train. A female character is the strongest combatant. And there's also a nice, like, female character who's tending to and taking care of everybody. So, 
I appreciate that what they're doing so far. Um, and the visuals, again, are super nice because they're this really interesting blend of modern anime and 80s anime. And it's... Did you did you like Attack on Titan? Uh... <laughs> okay. Here yeah. we go. Okay, that's... Yeah. Yeah, that's all I needed to know, basically, was... No, I really liked the, like, first seven or eight episodes, but then they got really dull. Well, uh, but it sounds at least like it's better than that. I, I I personally think so. And, like, one of the issues I had with Attack on Titan was that the creator had certain political views um, and input those views in his work. So, like, right. I don't feel comfortable supporting Attack on Titan because that is, by extension supporting what he believes what was his like specific views because i'm not i'm not aware of this um so he basically supports japanese imperialism over koreans um he thinks that koreans are lesser people than the japanese and like all kinds of stuff because there was like a japanese korean war and he oh god okay puts in a bunch of references in the show Uh, to it okay that's that's cool. Like okay. you can hear Ryan deflating well, as that's I know. Well, <laughs> like oh, some characters okay. are named after Japanese battleships and yep. war heroes and stuff like that. So I'm just like, thanks. Nice yeah. job. But this doesn't have any of this so far. No, Seems none of that. Chill. <laughs> it's pretty chill okay. so far. Cool. The thing I keep hearing about Kavaneri that I also felt with Attack on Titan is that it feels like the creators don't know what that they have the best characters <laughs> on their show and they don't choose to focus on the best ones because like attack on titan would be would be significantly better if mikasa was the main character i think so uh i think she was a much more interesting protagonist and it sounds like the conductor that you were talking about earlier was like what if there was just a show about her why not that sounds dope <laughs> like it's a it's a matter of focus and also just the like we need to have the dude in the front because it's you know that's anime we need we need we need to have the naive kid or the young boy um but i always love the way that they approach like uh historical fiction just like we're gonna or, or like using industrial revolution for example as a background to a uh story of that nature it sounds really interesting so i'm definitely gonna check this one out soon since it's also still going on but cool cool speaking of anime uh alan <laughs> Uh, yes. Tell me about all of the anime. I brought more anime to the table. Here's all my anime. Ah. Uh, just yeah, just plop it down on the table. Okay. Just, yeah. Okay, here we go. I got two for you. <laughs> we got a new one and we got an old okay. one. And I, I'm here to make a point about anime overall. I okay. started two new series in the last two weeks, and they are Boku no Hero Academia, also known as My Hero Academy, which I'm going to refer to it from now on as because it's easier for me to say. Um. And that show is still going on. It is about seven episodes in as of this recording. It is a shonen anime, which means that it's a, for it's for young teenage boys. Um, and that's sort of its target audience. And I was introduced to it just because there's a big groundswell of like internet hype for it right now. And a lot of people online are talking about it like this is the new thing that we're all into. You know, if you're really invested in the anime community, then there's kind of one of those every year. You have your your One Punch Man, and then you had Attack on Titan a couple years ago. Like, there's always one, and Kill a Kill in 2014. Uh, but so this is kind of right now. That seems like the big one. Um, it basically centers around this kid Izuku, who uh, does not. He lives in a world where I believe it's 80 percent of 
human beings have what's called a I believe I can't remember what the actual term for it, but it's basically like they have a a trait that may or may not be superpower like. So they might just like have the ability to have like stretchy arms or be able to breathe fire, but some of them just like turn into rocks or they're stuck as rocks. So it's kind of like the X-Men where they just have mutant powers whether or not they want it. And the majority of people have that and he has the unfortunate uh problem of not having one. Uh and so he wants to get into Hero Academy, which is basically where young teenagers go to train to become superheroes and they use their powers to fight crime. Uh, and he can't get in because he doesn't have one. And he basically gets trained by one of the best heroes of all time in a very Rocky-esque series of training montages where he kind of finds the power within and and gains the ability to... Uh, his His power basically becomes to give other people energy and to occasionally tap into this like when i really need it i can be super powerful and like kind of invincible so it's in that way it's very like i don't know if if tropey is the word but just like of course you have the power that make, that only works in emergencies if that makes sense like that's a very um easy storytelling mm-hmm. thing and uh that show overall is it's fine i really getting back to to palettes we can just call this palette watch at this point uh <laughs> it's got a very bright palette it's a lot of like primary colors and greens and reds and blues and after a certain point he i mean like it's called my hero academy he does get into the academy obviously uh and welcome to the color palette podcast <laughs> i'm your host <laughs> i'm your host rgby um <laughs> uh once he gets to the academy all of the kids get their like superhero costumes and then it just goes full of ridiculousness um I will say that I'm bringing this one up to make a point. I'm not a huge fan of it so far, but that's partly because I'm a, I just want my shows to make me feel something or think something. And I feel like My Hero Academy is very much just here to like make me excited about a kid with superpowers. And I'm like I know I already know that kids with superpowers are cool. I read comic books. I don't need to be told like, oh, I, I beat the bad guy. Of course, in an episode from now, you're, you're going to charge for an episode and then beat him. Like, it's very... It goes through a lot of rote plot beats. Uh, you can predict where, like, 90% of it is going to go. And then... So it just... It feels like the type of show that's just, like, the modern-day Saturday morning cartoon. And mm-hmm. the part of me that enjoys it is the part that is willing to... You know, this phrase gets thrown around a lot, but, like, turn your brain off. Uh, which I don't like to do that much. I feel like... And even that if something is trying to be fun, it can still stimulate your brain in good ways. But My Hero Academy just like barely registers a pulse in that part of my brain that I like, which is the part that is like, you know, intellectual and wants. But to does it does it does it hold your hand? <laughs> it's not holding my hand, right? <laughs> okay. Well, if you can turn off your brain and not have it hold your hand, that's probably an okay yeah, thing. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Uh, I'm just throwing bullshit terms out there now. It's com- <laughs> it's compelling. It's a mixed bag. What else do we got? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, fans of the genre will like uh, My Hero Academy, which that's actually true. But I want to talk about this show in comparison to uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion, which is a classic anime series. And then also they made like a series of movies recapping the whole show. Uh, they came out in the 90s. It's by the company Gainax. I should have mentioned also My Hero Academy is done by Bones Studio. Uh, just for continuity's sake. But Neon Genesis Evangelion is another show I'm starting because a lot of people have recommended it. A Robin me. Williams favorite. Yes. <laughs> if True. people have seen that vine, uh, one of the best uh, pieces of, of video on the internet. Uh, that 
the thing that Ryan's referring to. Neon Genesis Evangelion. Wow. <laughs> Evangelion's really good, y'all. Like, it's so... It is thought-provoking. It is the it is a very interesting parallel to My Hero Academy because it's all about subtext and sort of, like, unspoken thematic stuff. And it is just a fascinating production because basically it's a sort of, like, twist on mecha anime, which is just, like, teens and robots. And if you watch any Gundam and then you start Evangelion, you... Are easy. It's easy for you to get used to like, oh, there are kids and they pilot robots and they save the world. But Evangelion is the first show that I've watched that asks the question, why the fuck are we letting teens save the world? Why is that okay for us to do that? And why do we think Pretty that's okay? Question. And no other show. I mean, it works every time, though. Right, but then what <laughs> happened? But, but realistically, <laughs> like, imagine you, Ryan, or you, Katie, are like 14 years old and someone goes, hey, here's this gigantic thing that's also partly... Uh, alive it's a monster get inside of it also it hurts you constantly and also use it to save the world against invincible beings that no one else can fight like how the fuck does 14 year old ryan or katie handle that just constant Uh, sadness and anxiety right (laughs) like yeah sure it's and i would also be like hey i need to take an exam later yeah (laughs) and also like i don't know maybe need to like hang out with some friends first uh do some chores i don't know and evangelion explores that cry about whatever girl i have a crush exactly exactly. give an hour (laughs) you have a couple hours for me to just cry in a corner which that that's the thing right is the main character shinji a lot of people kind of poo poo shinji as a protagonist because he's constantly miserable from minute one he lands in that show and he's just like i'm so sad and i hate everything and everything feels hard and a lot of people are like, ugh, whiny protagonist. But it's like, how would you not be? How would you not be a constant wreck being told that you are the only person who can save the world and you're 14? You're at a point in your life where you're still developing and becoming a human being. And it never lets you forget that fact. It constantly rem- constantly reminds you of it, reminds you of the fact that he's developing his sexuality and his masculinity and his relationship to his gender and to people of the opposite sex um, and how they treat him and how they talk to him and how he... It's like seeing the world around him. Uh, but I will say that I'm only eight episodes into the show. It's about It went for one season, 26 episodes. And I've heard that around uh, like 13 or 14, it gets very, very um, existential. And mm-hmm. like I'm excited for that. And that's the reason I started it is because compared to My Hero Academy, I desperately just want something to make me think. And like particularly, I like to watch these types of shows like right before I go to bed. And now that I'm out of school, I don't have the constant opportunities like you don't think about this when you're in school a lot but you are basically given a free opportunity to be stimulated mentally and intellectually all the time like five days a week Mm -hmm. there's somebody who's telling you something that is in some way like making you think about the world differently and once you don't have that you have to go out of your way to to challenge your own mind which is a thing that i think is important to do every single day uh and i like doing that right before i go to bed that's why i read before bed because usually you'll be left with a really interesting thought or a a sentence that piques your interest and you'll just go to bed with smart thoughts, I like to call it. And I am happy to be caught up on My Hero Academy because I don't want to keep watching it night to night. It made me unhappy to keep ending the night being like, yeah, I guess having superpowers would be cool. Like, that's not what I, that's <laughs> not that fun to think about. It's just like my brain doesn't go anywhere with that. Whereas Evangelion is at least like making me consider broader things about my identity and my relationship to, to anime and all of these types of shows and 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there is room in the world for both of these types of shows. Like I'm not I'm not saying that all things should be smart and intellectual. I play video games, so I understand that there's a lot of dumb stuff out there. Um, but not to say that all games are dumb, but you know. Uh, and I also not think all games. <laughs> hashtag not all games. Yeah, don't forget to use the hashtag. Uh, I just I I like that both of these things exist. But I just think that I personally lean more towards the Evangelion camp of like make me think mm. something, make me feel and cry and feel these emotions because that's what I come to anime for. They're Japanese cartoons, Ryan. What about you? <laughs> Do you watch any <laughs> Japanese cartoons? Uh. So the most anime I've watched over the past couple of weeks was like half an episode of Cowboy Bebop. So <laughs> that's the good stuff. I was like, "Hey, I should probably watch this because it's it's really good." Uh, and then I fell asleep. <laughs> so, well, but like not in the way just like fuck the show. I was just like really tired. Um, that show's good though. I don't know. I've seen like six episodes of it. Six and a half. I've only watched the movie, um, which apparently takes place in the middle of the show, so I kind of messed up, but I definitely want to watch okay. that someday. Me, the but, anime um, queen, hasn't even seen Cowboy Bebop, so it's okay. It's cool, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm just going to go down the list of things that I've watched and played and read, just because I've done a lot, and then we'll dig, we'll go from there. Hell yeah. Ready? Here's a list. I watched It Follows. I watched Almost Famous again, because it's Alan's favorite movie. Yeah! Uh, I watched Chappie just to close the loop on the dumb tweet that's like, that's Chappie. you know, whisper to your date. Yeah, that's, that's Chappie. Chappie. Uh, <laughs> I saw Civil War. I finished the first season of Star Wars Rebels. I played some Galaxy and I finally watched uh, Ex Machina. So basically all the things that I wanted to get around to doing, I did. Uh, nice. Oh, I also, and I read uh, Tanahatsi Coates' uh, run of Black Panther, which are, there are only two of those, so that's not much. But uh, yeah, I read that and I liked it. But uh, I want to talk about Almost Famous with Alan. Because obviously it's his favorite movie. Let's talk about it. Uh, I liked it. I mean, it's one of those things where like Almost Famous is definitely someone's favorite movie, but you have to see it pretty young, I feel like. Definitely. Like young enough for its message to hit as hard as it possibly can uh and for me I'm, i feel like i'm kind of past that um i don't know i thought it was fine uh i got a lot like a lot of themes are just like appearances and trying to look cool or trying to like not like not being honest i guess uh for your own personal gain because the band constantly want the what is it still water still yeah still water constantly like wants doesn't want the truth out there. They would just want to look cool. Um, uh, is it Penny Lane? Yes. Is the woman? Named after the Beatles. Huh? Uh, uh, she doesn't want like her like emotions to show for... Uh, fuck, what's what's the dude's name? Wh- that William. Relationship? William. Like, uh, or William's the kid. Are you talking about the older person? Yeah, the older. Russell? Russell. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, just a lot of like you know feigning disinterest or like faking stuff and just like when like the message is about honesty pretty much lester bangs uh played by philip seymour hoffman uh he says often in the movie like be honest and unmerciful when you're like interviewing people for a story uh and like have that is true like 
you can be merciful towards people because you're supposed to treat people with respect. So just be honest. And uh, the best scene of the movie was probably the airplane scene where everybody thought they were going to die. So they oh, yep. had this moment where they just spouted like all of the secrets, all of the juicy details of their lives, and they just got it out there. Uh, and yeah, so all about friendships and relationships and honesty and love and all of that good stuff. I wouldn't say it's my favorite movie, but it's someone's favorite movie. And yeah, I respect that. Uh, what, Alan, do you have any <laughs> counter arguments or reactions to anything I just said? Is it weird that I think that band member's line, I'm gay, is maybe the first queer character in a film that I had seen? Is that... Oh, right. Oh, That's yeah. That's the best was... line from that scene. He goes, I'm gay. And then they all look at him. They're like, oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. They're like, okay, well. Um, yeah, that movie, I, I totally understand the, like, you need to see it at a certain age. Because I saw it first when I was, like, 15. And um, right. somebody just recommended it to me blindly. I was like, this is a movie that you'll think about a lot. And at that time, I just felt like I was William and not in the like, oh, my God, that's so me. But just the like living in the suburbs and having an older sibling and the overprotective parent, like all of that uh, resonated immensely with me. And then to see William go on this adventure where he's constantly reminded that like, hey, you have the potential to not suck. But right now you're just kind of a dumb teen and like none of us want to talk to you. You have to earn your right to like be liked by people. Um, and just that kind of like reality to him where uh, people are only nice to him because he is the press, you know, and they have that scene mm-hmm. towards the end where he writes the art of the, the article and right. they get really mad at him because uh, he says a lot of like harshly real stuff. And they're like, I knew he was he was the man, man. <laughs> like, I think that's one of Jason Lee's lines. Uh, and they're or like the scene where they're picking out shirts and they don't like that. The lead singer is the one that's in the front. <laughs> Right. Or not the lead singer, but, like, the guitarist because he's the handsome one. The guitarist, one. right. Right. Uh, it is. It's totally... And, like, every scene of that movie has this whole thing about identity and, like, being the, your genuine self. And it's also mm-hmm. against the backdrop of this, like, beautiful era of mid-70s rock music and an independent band trying to decide what making a name for themselves even means. Like, I watch the movie once a year just because I think there's, like, a million, billion little moments that I enjoy picking up on. I was telling you recently, like the last time I watched it, I was the first time I ever really thought about Philip Seymour Hoffman's character and his sort of the like tragic arc of him constantly being like, these people are going to mess with you. They're not going to be real with you. They're all going to lie to you and make you feel loved, but you're not loved. And then like William has a great time. And then Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is just like, well, I guess he had fun. And you realize that like Hoffman's character or Lester Bangs, whatever, like doesn't. He's just this kind of yeah. like a lost soul. He's like aged out of his opportunity to have this, this like moment in time that he wanted to have so badly. Like every single yeah. time I watch that movie, I find a new character like that. Um, or like Penny Lane has this whole thing. Like her name isn't even Penny Lane. That whole thing about her, her real name is a, is a plot point. It's a very, um, mm-hmm. it's a, I wouldn't call it a complex movie. I would call it just like a movie with a lot of things that it tries to say. Um, that has a lot of things it tries to say, but all of those things like aren't even like complex things, right, right, right? right? They're just common human emotions. Uh and that's cool. I didn't really like the music. I don't know. I feel like I've grown out of the classic rock phase just enough to be like, eh, it's there, it's fine. That's fair. Um it is it is very much trying to be of that time, and if you don't like that type of music, then you're like, Well, I don't 
care about <laughs> them like playing in the beginning of the movie or whatever. None of that is exciting to me. Cause also, like Stillwater kind of sucks. Like, oh, they totally suck. They're terrible. That's kind of the. I, mean, I don't want to be like that's the point. But, I mean, they are bad. They're just their whole thing is like we want to get by on our like looks and our group dynamic because we don't we're like trying to be real and trying to be uh, our genuine selves, but like we're not very marketable. Is what they learn. That's why they get like two different marketing people. That's the whole. I title. mean, not. Re- I mean, but they're successful. They're depicted as being successful, and they have like a p- airplane by the end of it. Like people are liking their music, because like that wouldn't happen. I think they're successful enough because I think that it's sort of like that was during the boom of those rock bands where you could have a ton of different small bands that had their audience who would love them and follow them on tour, uh, and like they would just fade it like you probably ha- if, if Stillwater was a real band which it is based on the real band that cameron crow followed around uh one summer yeah. i can't remember the name of it right now but i think it was grateful dead or something he definitely toured with grateful here he, he went around with grateful dead but that's not the one that Stillwater is uh I, w- I it's not super important but the point is like they are just one of a million bands who did well enough at the time and people at the time were like wow they were crazy but 30 years 30 years from now you're gonna know like one person who's like hey remember Stillwater? So that's kind of how I, at least how I see them. I, I see your point, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. Uh, do you all want to talk about Civil War real quick? We all saw it. So, I mean, we might as well. We're here. Yeah. Yeah, sure. That's good with me. Yo, Black Panther was fucking dope. Oh, Yo. my gosh. Yes. I found this post on Tumblr, actually, where this person is like, Black Panther did to Civil War what Nicki Minaj did to Monster. <laughs> that's fucking good but not just that not just that but then another user went on to rewrite monster but with black panther like perspective and lyrics and i was like i i'll have to like show it to you guys but it is it is amazing because it actually like goes with the beat and stuff like that and very embarrassing but i was like singing it to eli for like (laughs) multiple times in a row because i was like eli i don't think you understand how amazing this is so i'm gonna repeat it two more times so yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know i liked it a lot i it's you know the thing with me and marvel movies is that i watched them kind of two steps removed where i'm just like i just want to watch the people punch (laughs) uh, which is like uh, the moment you look at that movie with any like critical eye it kind of falls apart uh i think it's yeah. silly that for a movie that's called civil war nothing really gets resolved uh it's more i mean it's more about the characters more than anything else but like the movie's called civil war and hardly anything happened but uh i really enjoyed it i thought all the characters were good i thought they did a good job of managing all of it it was a fun dumb action thing what did you all think of it um well me like you know, at my household, we are big Marvel fans, like comics mostly, but then other, like the cinematic universe or whatever. But there's always this dialogue after we see a movie like, oh, they did this in the cinematic universe where it was this in the comics. And I guess it's fine because the MCU is its own thing. Anyway, that's the biggest gripe I had with this movie because um, Civil War was supposed to be like in the comics, at least it was literally the entire Marvel universe. Like every single right. superhero and supervillain, um, because it was about every hero having to be registered, so there would be no such thing as like secret identities, or whatever. Yeah. 
So, like, when I saw the trailer of, like, the six people running at each other, I was like, this looks dumb. But I was personally surprised. (laughs) I mean, it is pretty dumb, to be fair. Like, you know, instead of, like, the entire universe fighting itself, it's just these six people running at each other, like, across an airport parking lot. I was like, that's nice. (laughs) But... I, I like initially I was like I guess the impact isn't there but then like when I watched the movie I was like oh okay so it's a different premise you know it's the just the Avengers which right. also I don't know why this wasn't in Amer- like an Avengers why movie it, and it Avengers was just movie? Captain America yeah it was just Captain America but it's like barely a Captain America movie yeah I think um I probably because Bucky bre- yeah <laughs> yeah two two brief thoughts on this uh, one, I am impressed at this point that Marvel Studios has just really, really mastered the art of fitting this many characters into a movie and not having it feel like anyone got short shrift. Everybody. I mean, Ultron was shit, though. You can't say that. I know. No, I'm <laughs> saying Ultron is a, is a bad film, but like, you can't argue that anybody in that movie didn't get enough screen time. <laughs> yes, I can. Who didn't get enough screen time? Fucking Scarlet Witch and the other dude. Quicksilver? I didn't understand the characters at all. Uh, I have to read the comics though. Uh. All right, Age of Ultron is bad, but they've been working. But Winter Soldier is one of the best films, and you know the Captain America stuff has been on point. Uh, and the first Avengers film doesn't hold up as well. But point is, they are in. They're well. They're also better at it than any other film studio. You know what I mean? But no other film studio tries to do this. They're the only ones who are trying. So by default, they win. Well, I mean. I like comparing it to like DC. Yeah. Um, you know, the new Batman has, versus Superman. But, they, but they're not here yet, you know? They're they yeah. only have like the Batman versus Superman stuff. Yeah, but then like, they're working up to it, but they're not at this scope. I don't know. Like I didn't think DC did a good job with We're not talking about that though. Sorry. I mean, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. I mean, I heard that movie. I didn't actually see it yet, but I hear bad, really bad things. It's but, just right. all over the place and the characters are everywhere, which Bringing it back to Marvel, like, you at least know who everyone is. And, like, they're there yeah. for a reason. So there's... Yeah, just, like, this is the first time I, like, read the comic books. Or, like, I read the two Black Panther comic books. So I went in and I was like, oh, they're in Wakanda. Oh, I wonder what's going to happen. Oh, the king of Wakanda's dead and this son wants revenge. He's clearly Black Panther and this is going to be awesome. <laughs> You turned to the person next to you in the theater and you whispered, that's Black Panther. That's Black Panther. That's Black Panther. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, The other thing I was going to say real quickly is, like, uh, we, the three of us, at least, have definitely been following the MCU since its inception, like, since 2008. And what you don't realize is that those films very much echo the way that comics come out, where stuff just keeps getting built on and built on and built on. And you don't even, like, remember where this stuff came from. But, like, go back to the first Iron Man. Some of that CG is real bad. Some of that writing does not hold up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. But, like, not only that, but even just the costume design has been slowly evolving over time in ways that we don't realize. Like, there was a picture going around Twitter last night of Cap- uh, Captain America in, yes! the, in the first Avengers movie. I saw movie. that. He <laughs> looks like a childhood, what? like, Captain America Halloween costume. I seriously thought that was the pic- The picture of just his head was someone's Halloween costume. Because he still had the wings. Like, he still had the wings on his head. And basically, Winter Soldier onward, they were like, no, let's make it look like a fucking army helmet. That's what this is supposed to look like if we want to make it real life. Um, like, they've been subtly improving on that stuff in ways that we don't even realize because we watch these things as they come out. Um, 
you can say whatever you want about whether or not they're good. I don't think Civil War as a movie is great, but as a work of the the MCU, like it is an achievement that they've gotten this far and we still are like, oh yeah, Tony Stark has PTSD after Iron Man 3 and then uh, they killed a lot of people in Age of Ultron. Like so much continuity and so much stuff and it's still all... It, like they still made a movie out of it <laughs> with like a beginning and a middle and an end. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I was going to say, yeah, the reason it's a Captain America film is because they drop the Civil War stuff and make it about Cap and Bucky in the back third. Yeah, basically. That name is so they can justify doing that because they're like, uh, Civil War as a comic was kind of bad and it's overrated. <gasps> so what if we just made this about the two cute boys? Also, like, what was up with the first fight scene? Because, like, it was all shaky cam and I like, couldn't tell what was going on. But then the rest of the movie was fine. You mean, <laughs> like, weird. the... um. Like where Sokovia? Yeah. Yeah. It's a like that fight scene was bad. Uh just in terms of like I don't know what's happening right now. For the most part. Yeah, that's pretty understandable. I mean, like at first I thought they were just doing like some sort of training exercise, and then it was like actually real things and real people and people died. And I was like, Oh. Yeah. Oh, this is real. But yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. It was. It's fine. It's fine. It just made me really excited for Black Panther, especially Same. Like, the, the, uh, the yeah, cast of that movie that has been announced, and, it, and look, it's all amazing. I'm so excited yeah. for Lupita to be the love interest. Yep. And like. That, yeah. Yep. The bodyguard that we saw a brief image of, mm-hmm. where you know the girl, she was like, "Let Scarlet pass or whatever." Like it's okay. You know she's gonna be like, like I already know based off of who Black Panther is, she's gonna be this super strong. Like yeah, team yeah. character with like the bodyguards or whatever. I'm just so excited, and like there's not going to be a bunch of white mayonnaise folks, you know. <laughs> like if they pull like zero mayonnaise in that movie, hopefully if they pull that like that that's just over the top. So that'd be really cool. Yeah. Well, people don't real people who are just into the MCU don't even realize how dope Wakanda is as a setting because it's like their whole thing is they have been a- people have attempted to conquer Wakanda so many times and nobody has succeeded. The same legacy of people has ruled Wakanda since the beginning of time. And also they're the most technologically advanced society ever, yes. ever at all. And they don't share their shit with anyone. And they have it's all the like, vibranium and people have to steal it to get it. Super high so tech, cool. super beautiful setting, like as far as nature and stuff like that. And like just everything. I Black Panther is like hype, actual hype. So, Yeah. All right. We're going to go to a break uh, I screwed myself over last time because I was like editing at like three in the morning and I was like, oh, they'll put Slater Kinney in it. Uh, but then Emily as a way doesn't have any music. Uh, so we'll be right back after whatever I decide to insert here. <laughs>
talking about Emily is Away, uh, a video game made by Kyle Selly. Uh, basically, it is a vignette game in which you are uh, playing, you're chatting with your friend Emily through uh, AOL Messenger, or is it AOL or is it just unnamed? It's, but it's, AIM, it's basically like AOL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is that because it has the sound um, effects. Out of, it's like the exact sound effects, so it's got to be the same sound effects. And it like boots up in Windows XP and everything, which I like. I played that sequence. Like, I played it. I booted it up like five times just to hear that sound. Yeah. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Good like, job. Uh, which was pretty Thank cool. You. But uh, yeah, it's you're chatting with your friend. Uh, you're, you're doing dialogue choices. You're typing. Uh, kind of. Well, kind of yeah you're like typing and the message shows up regardless of what you type uh you're looking through friends lists and looking at their bios and all of the shitty song lyrics and stuff and uh yeah uh what did you all think of this game i want to ask everybody uh, a question first did anyone sure. else try to guess what you were going to say? Like, as you were typing, you, like, type in and you try to type in what you think there is actually being typed? Because that's what I did the whole time. <laughs> oh, because, yeah, they give no. you three dialogue options and you, you pick yeah. them. And then one of the yeah. clever things the game does is, like, you almost never say the exact thing that the dialogue choice said. And then sometimes they'll even play with that, right. especially towards the end in really clever ways where it's like, <clears throat> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> That's like the best part of the game. That was um, like where I was actually screaming for like yeah. five minutes straight. <laughs> it's real, it's real like just a very simple mechanical thing that they do that like blows your mind and really makes you think about the whole experience. But yeah, I, I, I yeah, yeah, I would read the stuff and be like, it for me, it was more like um, the player character is very much um, very, very, very similar to me, like, let's say eight or nine years ago. Um, being on AIM somewhat, but mostly on, like, Facebook Messenger uh, in my, like, attempts to talk to other people on there and, like, make these friendships and, like, try to flirt unsuccessfully and all this stuff. <laughs> uh, so, like, I when I was – I played this – I was telling Katie earlier. Like, I played this last year, and I replayed it a couple days ago on Skype with Ryan, actually. And I could remember just saying, like, the next dialogue option hasn't even come up, hasn't even come up yet. And I'm like – yeah, they're going to say this. They're going to say, like, oh, maybe we should hang out sometime. And then they do. And you're like, oh, my God, you you dork. You're me. You're just me. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about this game is, like, you play it and you're like, yep, this, this was me, like, five, not even five, like, three years ago or right, whatever. Right. I was this shitty kid <laughs> uh, that, like, secretly had a crush on someone and would you know, send those messages that would just, like, I would do anything for you, and uh, as long as you're happy, even though I just want to be with you, and, you know, whatever. Um, but that's part, because, like, so much of this game, a lot of, when I hear people talk about the game, it's just like, oh, it's so nostalgic, and, you know, bands, like, shitty bands, and Windows XP or whatever, but, like, part of the nostalgia is, like, realizing that you're a shitty, or you were, a shitty fucking person back then and 
looking back at how you talk to people uh, back then and like coming to terms with like, yeah, this was a bad thing or like I talked to people in a certain way and it was awful, but I like I'm hopefully I'm better now or like, you know, it have improved. Uh, so that's kind of what I got out of the whole like plot, which is basically just like a unrequited love story, like gone wrong or. You can also read it as just like two people growing apart. Yeah. Uh, and I think those two reads are valid uh, just because there's a lot of like how hard it is to keep in touch with people, after, especially when you go to, go to college and uh, just people drifting apart and not talking to each other as much. There's an element of being very performative that I found myself doing as the player character, especially in the early high school parts. Like you can actually, because this game is very short, I think we beat it or I beat it in like a little over 20 minutes. Um, yeah. In that time, you can quickly see the way that they write changing and the way that they try to talk to Emily differently because at the beginning, it's like Emily tells you, Oh, I met or I'm, I'm hanging out with this guy, Chad from school. I can't remember the actual guy's name. And Brad, Brad. Yes, of course it's Brad. <laughs> um, Brad's actually <laughs> a really interesting character, but like uh, she, she says that. And then you're like, Oh, that's really interesting. But one of the options is also like, ooh, Brad sucks because, you know, the player yeah. character like doesn't want her to get with Brad. So you're just like, of course right. you would say that because in your mind, in your dumb teenage mind, you have the agency to, to choose who someone else talks to. Where in reality, they're just even if you say that, she's just like, I don't thank you. But like, no, I'm going to talk to whoever I want. You can't tell me what to do. Yeah. It constantly reminds you in that those early goings like, hey, you are not going to be able to like make this work, even though you really feel like you could. And then as it slowly unravels every chapter you're just like oh this is not this can't this can't even when we have even when you have the opportunity in chapter three when the big thing happens uh it doesn't go well for the player character at least i think it i think it goes realistically you were saying earlier like you don't know if it has like a or you would debate it It goes well for the player character it doesn't go well for emily or yeah 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 because like y'all hook up and like the player character gets what they want but not like emily feels weird about the whole relationship after that. Yeah. I don't know. I personally really related to it because like that was me also. Mm-hmm. Cause like, that was all of yeah. us. Uh, yeah. We were all this person. It, like, you know, we had the, the, I mean me, like I did AIM like messaging when I was in elementary school, but then when I was in like middle school and early high school, I did like MSN and then like, Especially early high school, I like message oh, people on like Messenger, Skype geez. and stuff. Yeah. So, and I also feel like you know there were similar experiences, and like, right. you know, you have these sort of things with people, especially like on the internet. You know, you're trying to communicate with people, trying to reach out. You're still, you know, younger, and you're still like kind of learning how to talk to folks and things, and like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. For me, it's so frustrating because, like, you can't get what I would consider, like, the perfect end. The happy ending doesn't exist. Yeah, it, it's either, like, a bad ending or, like, a really bad ending. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think there are two endings. There's at least two. Which Alan got the second ending, yeah. which I didn't even know was a thing you can do, and it was amazing. So, do you yeah. To, do you want to just, yeah, go uh, ahead. So, basically, the arc of this game is, like, the first two chapters, there's five chapters. Um, the first two are you, like, talking to Emily through the end of high school and then talking about early college. And then uh, around chapter three, she asks, um, 
she talks about like oh you know things aren't going well with brad like and then you talk to her and you're like you have the opportunity basically to ask her to come visit you at school or do you visit her no she She right which is yeah that's a good choice of the developer to do like that but um the common sense thing if you're playing the the player character like quote unquote realistically is to be like yeah heck yeah like i clearly have feelings for her and i want to see where this goes um and get the thing that i quote want like but also like don't be the rebound like that's 101 yeah exactly (laughs) never be the rebound um and so the first time I played it and the first time most people play it, you're like, yeah. And she comes over and y'all hook up and it doesn't like end well. And she leaves and she's like, oh, this is awkward and terrible. That's like the the ending most people get. If you do tell her, I don't want to hang out with you. I don't want you to come visit. I think it would be awkward. She says, oof, okay. And that's the end of chapter three. Chapter four goes uh, her saying like, oh, I feel like the last time we spoke a year ago, things got off. Or like they ended really awkwardly. And I just pushed it even further and was like, yep, it did end awkwardly. And I don't care. Too bad. And then chapter five, which is supposed to be the longest chapter where like all of the emotions come out. Um, if you've played it that way, chapter five just starts with her or with you logging on because it usually says like Emily has logged on. It says you log on first and you say hi the way you always have. And she says, I don't want to talk right now. And then Emily logs off and the game ends. And you're like, you fucked up. She doesn't want to talk to you anymore. You lost everything. You get nothing. It's a very, like, that's a really cool choice of them to put that ending in there. Just to be like, yeah, sometimes you you just are so callous that you you can't just play with another human being like that. Fuck that. And I really appreciate that. But the other ending is the, you know, the one to talk about because more stuff happens, obviously. Yeah, I really liked the end of this game just because... Um, so what happens is basically... She gets back together with whatever boyfriend she has. I think she can date two people, depending on whatever. I don't actually know. Um, but yeah, she gets back together, and player character freaks out, obviously, uh, because of it. And so you're basically talking around the whole thing, and the player, you can choose the option to be like, you know, talk about them as like a couple or whatever, like Emily and the player character. Um, but your player character never types it. Um, so no matter what choice you pick, it's just like, oh, like how school, how's the weather? Uh, oh, how's the how weather is the, the one weather, it ends on. Is, That's the best. I thing. know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's really great. You know, it's deep stuff but at yeah. first where it's like, you know, will we ever be the same? Like, can we get back to where right. we were? That stuff. But they did just backspace and type some tool right. question instead. Yeah. And I'm like, no, right. no, hit enter. <laughs> Don't hit backspace. Hit enter. You lose, you lose the control <laughs> that you felt like you had over the character. Because usually yeah. right, exactly. you make the choice and then you just start typing any key- keyboard like stroke on the on your actual keyboard like corresponds to one, but not like they'll just type whatever they the dialogue option was. Whereas there, they'll like start to type the dialogue option and then go no 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 no. <laughs> usually they'll they'll yep. erase because they made like a typo or a spelling mistake. But there, they're like, I can't say this. This yeah. is not in my yeah, character to was... say, and they'll erase it and then write something super bland, and you're like, oh, it hurts, and you lose and that dialogue option. Slowly, all of the yeah, options was... turn into goodbye. Yeah. And it's yeah. just oh. like, no, no. That was, yeah, that was super cool. Um, Yeah, I really liked it. Um, And the most I got out of it was just, like, keeping up with people is fucking hard, and everybody changes. Uh, sometimes people change for the better, and you're like better friends and sometimes people just are different and there's really nothing you can do about it uh so that's what i got out of it 
I appreciated all of the ancillary stuff around the actual messaging. Um, cause you have a desktop that changes all the time, but also, uh, your buddy list is kind of like a, has a bunch of cute Easter eggs in it. Um, all of your yep. offline friends are like names of other famous steam games written as like lead speak. Uh, there's like LG for a dead world and, uh, Sybil, which is actually a very similar game to this one about very similar things mm-hmm. is in there. Yeah. And then one of your online friends is actually one of your steam friends. So like it hooks into steam in that way. Uh, but the best thing about that buddy list is like, you have like three or four other friends and every chapter their like bio changes. Um, they're never right. online, but you can always ch- check their bio. And again, 90% of it is like song lyrics. Like Emily in particular is into Coldplay at first and then she gets into Snow Patrol and then and Snow Patrol. Yep. That is like a, that's a name that I haven't heard right? in like fucking 10 exactly. years. She's just the person who gets into way into Snow Patrol for one year and then goes like, nah, now I'm into Coldplay again. <laughs> or muse uh, now i like muse yeah yeah <laughs> um and they put these song lyrics on there and then i think it's brad actually who's on your friends list and one of the like really cool little touches that you can actually miss pretty easily is like their first two chapters first two or three chapters brad is just like cute song lyrics in his description and then there's just one like chapter three or whatever you f check everybody it. yeah f everybody's in there and then chapter three is like uh it ends with like dad i'm gonna miss you every day and then, like, chapter four or five, it says, like, Dad, it's been five years. And you're like, oof. That's some environmental yeah. storytelling if I've ever seen it. Like, and oh. he was like, I can't do this anymore. Blah, blah, blah. I miss you so much, Dad, and stuff like yeah. that. I was like, yeah. uh-uh. That's, no. that's really clever because it reminds you that, like, you know, when you're when you're on AIM, you're not just talking to the, per- the other person. You're, like, checking your buddy list. Like, what's everyone up to and what are they updated? Right. And that these people have lives that progress yeah, just like this really passive way of checking in with Yeah, people. it's, you know, like early Twitter <laughs> in a way. <laughs> Whereas now you're just like, oh, what's this person up to? Constantly refresh, refresh. Yeah. And you can like, you know, do stuff like change your text color in your background, which is just more like immersive uh, options. I kept mine as pink text with no background. I don't know about y'all. My favorite buddy was the like band member one where he was like trying to form a band and then like in the middle of the game, or like the third act or whatever is just like fuck it i'm gonna do it alone <laughs> yeah that's what i that's what i was talking i mean i confused the people because like i don't remember the names of them but that's that's the guy i was talking about he was like i don't need other band members f everybody yeah 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 f everybody i'm gonna do it myself leto. it's actually jared leto in real life uh wasn't he in a band or he still is in a band am i wrong 30 seconds to mars um, thank you you're right <laughs> so jared leto started 30 seconds to mars uh in high school <laughs> it's not true at all um <laughs> what else is there it's such a tight game right because again it's just like this like 20 minutes of yeah. us like we're talking and these little moments of pain that i as the player would feel because of how much i related and we were talking about like does this game make you feel good at the end because you empathize with the player character even though things don't necessarily go great um for everyone involved because there's actually like a meta moment of text towards the end in one of the endings where Emily is like, I don't want to keep talking about stuff. I don't like to think about the past anymore. Because you hit that point in your like late college life where you try to so desperately, you try so hard to like forget who you were in your awkward years because you like to think that you've grown up. But this kind of game reminds us that like, yep, that was me. And I'm not even like, yeah. and I don't feel happy that I relate to it. So I mentioned earlier with Almost Famous how I like enjoyed relating to that main character um, but I don't like that I relate to the main character in Emily's away. You know, that makes me sad that like, ugh, I was garbage. Mm-hmm. And this, like, I played this game the same week that I had a friend over and we 
did this sort of like roulette game where uh, we opened Facebook and looked up our like archived messages and went back to like oh, gosh. 2008, 2009. And we were like, Let's see so, how okay, you said that on the Skype call and then I started going back and then I was like, no, no. Yeah, nope. it's, it's hard, but it's like, that's the thing, right? Is, is Emily in that scene is asking like, is it, does it feel good to be like, wow, I was so dumb, but I'm much better now. Or does it make you feel like shit to be like, wow, I sucked and maybe I still suck. I, I think that's like yeah. to each person's own perspective. Cause for me, it was just right. kind of re- a relief to be like, Oh, you crazy teen. That's not me anymore. Like that doesn't feel like it's the same self that I am now, I guess. I was a super gross teen and I don't want to go back to that. I'm good. I understand. And like, what was this game uh, for the developer in that way also? Cause they're clearly pulling right. from some sort of like reality and to like have to live with this game yeah. and this script for so many months however long this game took and then to put it out in the world and be like, look, this is an expression of who I was, uh, warts and all. Yep. Yep. Uh, what icons did you pick? (laughs) I picked cute ones. Well, the first one I picked was the, um, like the 28 days later. Yep. Cause I actually really like zombie stuff and things like that. And the first thing Emily says to you is like, Oh, that movie was so scary. Yeah. I saw that movie too. And stuff. And then I picked on, like, oh, wow. the cute animal ones. Oh, yeah, the so. animal ones. Are yeah, I picked the dog as soon as I could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then the second one I picked was The Incredibles, because that movie was my shit yep, when I was yep. a kid. Oh, my gosh. And then the third one was, like, a snake or something. I don't remember. But Yeah, because yeah. since they don't let you write your own little bio, because there wouldn't really be any reason to other than to, like, self-personalize, the avatar choice is your only way, and picking your name in, like, text color. Those are the ways that you customize who yourself is. That's why we keep saying the player character is because they don't have their named whatever you name right. them. They also don't use right. pronouns towards Correct. you. So you can just which I thought it. was awesome. Yeah, exactly. Um, that kind of stuff that leads to a, more, a way more interesting read of the game. These two people are like, discovering their sex, their like, you know, gender questions <laughs> in in high school and in in college. It's like, oh, I guess maybe, huh? Uh, this game can be yeah. a queer narrative if you make it that way. Right, because like me being a more feminine person and like defab, like yeah. definitely that I thought it was really interesting to like play the game like that because like you know at first you I was like okay well maybe this is designed as like a, a male player character you know but then it doesn't feel like that because Emily is never like talking to you like you are a boy nobody talks to you like mm-hmm. you are a boy and stuff they just kind of talk to you. And I'm like, nice. Yeah, it's very. I can be in lesbians. <laughs> I can finally, <laughs> I can finally be in lesbians. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The, there's the moment in the game where you're at college and Emily asks about like this girl you're hanging out with and Emma. Yeah, I right, and like she presumes that you guys are in a relationship and stuff. Uh, I don't know. It was hard for me not to read it as anything but like a homosexual relationship, but that could be just me. I don't you know. You mean a heterosexual relationship? What did I you say? <laughs> you said the opposite of what you meant. Good <laughs> stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah. That. Um, so it was, yeah, it was hard for me to read anything other than a straight relationship. Uh, I don't know. I guess the, my perspective is going to be my perspective on right. it. Um, I feel you. But I, I, just feel, I just felt like it would make more sense, considering the, that the author is 
a male, uh, I believe, I could be wrong, um, that, that was the only way I read it, because, and for me, like, uh, it was, I guess a lot of it is just, like, self-insert, where it's, like, I was the awkward dude, and this character was the awkward dude, I don't know. I feel you. You can, um, I think the, the important thing to remember, though, is, like, this game was made by a dude, and, uh, the main character feels like a dude, but it's also the whole catharsis and fun of this, and whatever, quote, fun of this game is feeling like you are the character, regardless of your right. actual gender or sex or whatever. Like, you are... Yep. Even if, if I it is a queer relationship in my version of it, that is still, like, relatable to somebody who, who had right. that experience in high school. Um, I can't relate to that, yeah. but, like, you know, someone does. <laughs> um, yeah. It's... Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a painful game to play, but it's also... You come out at it. You come out of it, and you're like, "Wow, being a teen is hard." And just like I was bad, and and I hope I can be better and and grow out of this phase. Yeah. Anything else before we move on? I think I'm good. Awesome. I I Alan? feel great about this. We had a good time. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a real game. You should play it if you haven't. It's, it's free on Steam. It's zero dollars. It's free. Zero dollars. Everybody played this game. It's really good. And uh, reflect on yourself. And, I don't know. Have fun. Anyway, let's do some housekeeping. Uh, I want to thank people who shared the last episode. Destiny, Brenna, and Jackson, who was on last time. Thank you, Jackson, for coming on. Thank you, Jackson. Jackson is great. And, yeah. Thank Um, you for filling in for me while I was in... On the other side, crossed over <laughs> in my death. I'm yeah. back now. And thank you for talking about anime. Druidic <laughs> zombie anime queen is back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can send in questions and comments at firesidefriendspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow and rate us on iTunes and Stitcher, and you can follow us on Twitter at podcast fireside. Katie, you're off the grid, so we're not going to do plugs for you. I am. Uh, off, you're off. You're in. I was in. Anyway, I'm out in the wilderness. <sighs> no signal. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> you're out in the wilderness, Katie. You're out in the wilderness. <laughs> you're just gonna camp here. Well, we're gonna go home because we record this podcast in the forest. Uh, so you're gonna just stay here and just hang out. Like I said, I uh, moved my tent. So. That's right. I just realized that that was what that joke was. Yeah. <laughs> Home is where you place Alan, your tent. Alan, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, uh, I'm at twitter.com slash Alan Ibrahim, spelled A-L-L-E-N-I-B-R-A-H-I-M. I put up a piece on Pop Modern, which is a blog that I write uh, on, and it is about college. And when it was like graduating for me and what the last four years of my life were like. And you can find that piece on the front page of pmodern.wordpress.com. Other than that, I, you know. Plugs. Drop those hot plugs. Plugs are very hot. <laughs> I can't hold them for very long. I'm going to pass them to you, Ryan. How about you do some plugging? You can find me on Twitter at Taco Detective. I have a blog that is Taco Have you found the tacos yet? I feel like you've been detecting them for a long time and you haven't like found any. I'm very hungry. Well, it's not that I'm finding him; is that I'm like I'm, I'm inspecting. Uh, inspecting. Okay, them. what are you inspecting them <laughs> for? Sure like irregularity. Tacos. I really need to know quality. Where are the best tacos? What's the best taco you've ever had? 
What is the best right taco? What is the best taco? As a as a former employee of Taco Bell, let me tell you <laughs> what the best tacos are. No, okay, I'm actually like the worst person to ask that because like I go to Taco Bell and Chipotle and Cadova. That's it. <laughs> I don't. I mean, those are all the shitty Tex-Mex places I eat at, and not the actual like Mexican places. Happens. Uh, it be so. like that sometimes. Thank you, okay. Alan. <laughs> High five myself for that one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's a podcast. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Good luck out there, and don't forget to take care of yourself. See ya. Bye.